All right. Welcome back. Welcome to the Duct Tapes. Quack. We are back again this week. As always. As always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally expected, but we're still here. Yep. And we have a super, well, super exciting to me guest. Yeah. Because I've been friends. Me fri- too. Excellent. I've been friends with him forever. I'm pretty much a decade now, nearly a decade. Mm. Uh, we have the very awesome and talented Ben Worth. So Ben is a senior programmer down in San Diego. He is also working at a service agency, and he agreed to talk with us today about all the technologies and languages and the types of projects that they do at his company. Mm -hmm. And we can kind of compare and contrast that to what we do here at ours and kind of just give some insight to you guys on what is the new hot things to be using, what you may want to not take the time to study anymore, mm. <laughs> and just our favorites in general. So hopefully that'll give you guys a good idea of you know, what to be learning and focusing on. Yeah, a lot of .NET talk, which was nice because I'd never yeah. really worked with that or have not worked with that at all. Neither have I. completely unfamiliar. So that it was a nice getting a little breakdown <laughs> of how that works. We even got into some, what was it, F sharp. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, something I, I didn't even know existed. So You know, I've heard of that one. Never, never, ever used it. I've heard of the musical note. The mu- Good sharp. job. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah. Anyway. One of your favorite notes. Yeah, yeah. Right you, below that G. You do not listen to music yeah. unless it has an F sharp. <laughs> it's a requirement. Okay. So listen to the episode. Enjoy it. Here we go. Here we go. Should we start with the big news with, with Link's Awakening coming out? Do you guys know about that? Is that oh, a yes. big deal to anybody yeah. else the, but me? Yes. I played games version. a long time ago, Ben, so I'm excited about <laughs> stuff like that. I don't play any of the new stuff, nice. but when I saw they were remaking a game from the 90s, I was I was kind of excited. Mm-hmm. Dude. I will probably get it at some point, but I still need to finish Breath of the Wild. Mm. <laughs> That's I what you can just get lost in, though. You had a Switch. Are you playing it on the Switch? Or? I am. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Crafting Bites is a, a lovely company. Uh, for oh, our Christmas party, they, they gave everyone switches. What? Oh my gosh. All right, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to try and recruit you, but maybe you can uh, instead recruit yeah. us. Yeah, so teach us.net. That's going to be this whole podcast because now we need Dude. to know. That's pretty cool. Seriously, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And the Switch has like a bunch of the old. NES and SNES games available, right? From what I understand. Yeah, yeah, they do that uh, by streaming, actually. So they're not on your system. You connect to their their uh, servers and you play the, your NES games. Because the games servers. are so tiny, right? It's probably yeah. like a couple I, yeah, I megabytes so. for each one. Uh, I want one so bad, but mostly to play Breath of the Wild. Everybody says it's, it just sounds amazing. Did that like originate on the Switch, or what was the original yeah. system that was on? I think Breath of the Wild is the new one. So mm. was it the Wii U? Or? I think it was the Wii U, yeah. Okay, the Wii U, and then now and it's it was on the Switch, too. Yep. I know nothing about the Switch. I just know that. I don't either, it's yeah. It's cool. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm assuming we've officially started now, or? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, yeah. At this point. We're, we're, this is it. <laughs> okay. okay. The link question was the first one. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. Um, okay, so let's, for the episode's sake, just share with people that Ben is an awesome person, close friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> he has agreed to come on Duct Tapes yeah. because he is working. So we're up in Irvine, California area. Ben's down in San Diego, California area. But we mm-hmm. all work at service agencies. So I know that when I was, in particularly when I was looking for a job, but even when I was just a freelancer, it was always difficult for me to figure out what technologies to be using or what languages were most useful or like what was the hot up and coming thing 
or the thing that would be around for a while. So, you know, if I spent three months learning it, it wasn't going to disappear in the next three months. Yeah. So I thought today we could just kind of share what technologies and languages and, I don't know, other software that are tools that our teams enjoy using. Mm-hmm. So I know, Ben, you were mentioning you're doing a lot of TypeScript, and we also do yeah. a lot of TypeScript. I've never officially studied TypeScript. It's kind of just been pick it up as you go along for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> one of the nice things about it is you can start in JavaScript and then incrementally turn it into more and more TypeScript. That's awesome. Yeah, and then it's like impossible to go back. Now yeah. I'm always if I look at my old projects that just use JavaScript, I'm always disappointed because I have to like track down what an argument's supposed to be and all these different types of things where I'm, I'm just spoiled with TypeScript now. Yeah. That's awesome. I still have. I have trouble typing like my objects. Hmm? I have trouble typing my objects. I totally talked over you. I'm sorry. That's okay. But um, I'm getting better at that as time goes on. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, it, being able to hit dot after after something and getting all of the, I know. the possible options is just it's beautiful. That's awesome. What kind of projects are you working on right now that require TypeScript or that you're choosing to use TypeScript? Yeah, so I just uh, sort of inherited um, a project um, from one of our other employees that is written in Angular JS, not the new fancy 2.0 or anything, uh, mm. the the old stuff, and it's all in JavaScript. Uh, and this particular one, the it's it's passing back huge objects from the client side to the server side constantly, um, and they're all nested, and it's very mm. very difficult to figure out the shape of these things mm-hmm. and the previous way to do it was basically throw a breakpoint in the Chrome Tools debugger and actually see what's on the object. Yep. Um, so as soon as I inherited it, one of the first things I started doing was just turning TypeScript fi- or sorry JavaScript files into TypeScript files um, and start making um, making types for these objects so that uh, I I know and both both I know and the compiler knows. What, what these things actually are and how they're supposed to relate to each other. Um, it, yeah, it's oddly satisfying to take a file like that and start creating types for it. Yeah. It's almost like, mm-hmm. like watching those little Zen gardens. It's just, it's, I get so happy when I do it. <laughs> I don't know why. The other thing is the, the compiler uh, has been finding some errors that were in job, the JavaScript files that mm-hmm. were just so far down, like dollar scope was uh, was spelled as scope without the dollar. Just silly little things like that that JavaScript wouldn't necessarily pick up on. Yeah. Um, it would totally allow you to do it and then throw a runtime error, but um, I've been able to, to surface those and fix them with the TypeScript. Wait, what did you mean when you said dollar scope? I missed that. Uh, it's an Angular thing. Um, oh. It's a... It's a, a, an object that's injected into... Um, your modules. Uh, okay. And so you expect for dollar scope to be there and regular scope without the dollar doesn't really mean anything unless it can mean <laughs> anything. Well, I learned something about Angular today. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I just thought that it was the name of a variable, so I just let it go. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> it turns out cool. I should I'm, ask more questions. <laughs> I'm, I'm relearning AngularJS because... That's awesome. It's you- It's a little old. Do you, okay, so do you prefer working in React? Because that's all I've ever used. Yeah, we don't want to start another Twitter war. No. We all know no, what just no. happened on Twitter, but, but uh, we can give our preferences. I do prefer React and Redux over, over Angular. Mm-hmm. Um, we've recently been working on another project that's using Vue, actually. Uh, and that is, 
that's been actually pretty nice as well. Um, but I think React is still my still my favorite uh, framework at the moment. Is it difficult to jump around between Vue and Angular, knowing React as your base? Out of curiosity, because I've only done React. Yeah, me I, as well. I, I've been curious how much time it would take to hop into one of those. Yeah. Um, so it was nice because we were sort of learning it, learning Vue as a company. Um, hmm. We, we uh, none of us really had any experience in it. Um, but it was, it wasn't too bad. Vue is close enough to react in its patterns, um, and its paradigms that, uh, it was, it was, I guess it was kind of like learning a different romance language if you already know one. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we used, a a store storage library called Vuex, which is very much like Redux. Oh, cool. That was easy to slip into. So have you been using a lot of Redux? Because I was learning and using Redux like on my own for like personal projects. But then mm -hmm. I think since working here, we've I've been using Context, React Context. Oh, nice. I have not. That's one of the newer um, features in React, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't been uh, catching up on those recently. So I am sort of just learning, or not learning, I've been using Redux sort of by default. Um, I'd love to hear your experience with, with context because I don't really know much about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, again, learning as I go. I've really enjoyed it because it's like simpler to get up and running than mm -hmm. Redux. Like you don't have to create whatever, all the extra files or functions. Um, basically, mm -hmm. you just take the, you create your context and mm -hmm. then you can pass in like an initial value if you, to like start it off. And then you wrap whatever component, even if it's like your entire application. So you could wrap your app component with mm -hmm. the context provider. And then you, there's two ways then to get information out of that provider. Once the app component has been wrapped with it, any anything within the app component can access the provider's information either through a React hook, which would be use context, or you can, I think, specifically wrap a child component with React context consumer. Right. So, okay. So there's two ways to get information out of it. And it's, it's super easy to just to set up compared to like a Redux store. I don't think it's quite as mm -hmm. powerful or like maybe not for a, a larger applications, but for the mm -hmm. smaller mid, like mid-level ones I've been working on, it's great. Is yeah, it yeah. sort of centralized in the same way that Redux is where you have the one store or? Yes, yeah, so you would have like where you would have different, uh, different stores in the, in the top level store. In Redux, you would just have different providers. So you'd have different yeah. uh, multiple contexts within your app. So if you have a right. large app where you would have a lot of providers, you might want to just stick with Redux. But for smaller ones, uh, it's super, super useful because you just nice. wrap a, a super nested component in a consumer and you have access to whatever uh, whatever variable you wanted instead of, instead of having to pass it down and pass it down and pass it down. <laughs> I hate that look of just passing down like, know, mountains of I know, props. just tracing it and tracing it and tracing it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. Are you still using uh, Redux Thunk, or have you moved into Redux Saga a lot? No, I've been sticking with Thunk. Awesome. I, I think some support that move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it out. I've been trying out Sagas, and uh, I'm sure they're great, but <laughs> I do love Thunks. They're just a lot. They're so simple. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think yeah. Thunk is like, you only want to use sagas if you're working like a, a really big application or maybe like something really complicated. I don't know. I was reading something yeah. because I thought everyone was moving into sagas, but it's like, no, a lot of people still enjoy Thunk more. 
Well, sagas use the generator functions, right? Yeah, right. which are super cool. Generator functions are one of those like features of uh, of new JavaScript that I have sort of been eyeing suspiciously, and I'll get to them eventually. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, I enjoyed learning yeah. it for the one personal project I use sagas in, but. I have not used it in months, so. Yeah, we, we have it in, in, in one of the larger projects that I'm working on, and oftentimes I'll be doing something where I'll think, I wish I could just use a thunk <laughs> use here, a thunk but here. instead I'm going to go and mess oh, around man. with a saga and probably probably break something. But that <laughs> is probably on me more than anything else. Uh, one of the okay. things I like about using with thunks is you can easily sort of wrap them in uh, async functions. Yeah. You can uh -huh. use async or oh, wait. Nice. Can you do that with saga as well? Uh, not with async away. I mean, mm. you can do the same sort of functionality, but you have to go about it in a different way. And yeah. I don't want to speak about it. Like I know <laughs> exactly how to do it. I have done it. <laughs> I just can't remember the exact call that I made, but, uh, it is possible, but it's not for me. It wasn't as straightforward as just right. using a thunk with async await. Yeah. Uh, async await is one of my, that's another reason that I like using TypeScript is you get all of these, uh, advanced features um, for free before the browsers do. And mm. it just uh, transpiles and down back to basic JavaScript. And so mm. async await has just been a dream to use. That's awesome. Okay, well, I know you said that you're using a lot of .NET. And yeah. you'll have to bear with us because I want to hear all about it. But I have, I've never I, gone I, the Microsoft I, All direction. I know is that it, Microsoft is involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's their sort of... Uh, the way I understand it is, it was, it was sort of their, um, their corresponding technology to like Java and the JVM, hmm. um, but it's also the fr the .NET framework is a great big set of libraries that uh, allow you to do useful uh, things easily on. Uh, well, originally it was Windows machines, but recently um, they have created .NET Core, which is. Um, sort of the newer version of .NET that is available not only on Windows, but on uh, Unix machines as well, so Linux mm. and Mac. Um, yeah, so it uses C-sharp, F-sharp, and Visual Basic are the three languages you can use in it. And you, so you write in your language, then it um, compiles down to a, uh, an intermediate language, and then that language is run on the... Um, the specific runtimes for your machines. So very similar to the way the Java JVM works. That's awesome. I don't have a lot of experience with the Java JVM, but I'm going to take your word for it. That's awesome. So what types what? of applications are you are you building? We are doing with web applications and mobile applications as well. Uh, you can do cross-platform mobile apps with, oh, wow. uh, with C Sharp. Yeah, it's a technology called Xamarin. And so they, in the same way you can build a a C sharp runtime or a .NET runtime on uh, Mac or Linux, you can do it for Android as well. Uh, nice. And I think Apple is a little different because of their terms of service, but mm -hmm. you know you can build you can have one code base that then you can build applications for. It used to be uh, iPhones and Android phones and Windows phones. Yeah. And then Windows phones sort of ceased to be a thing. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I was in point that. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That was like a little blip in time. It was like, felt like two years. But I know some people who went that direction. Yeah. What was the, with all the little tiles on it, the different colored tiles? Well, the Metro UI. Yeah. Metro UI. <laughs> 
Okay, so I'm sure they were cool. Xamarin's always some like something I've wanted to try because I have used C sharp a lot in the past uh-huh. through the Unity game engine, but I've never like I've never done anything with Xamarin yet. You, I think you were telling me that the performance is just as good as like coding straight uh, and swift. Or I don't want to say just as good, but it's okay. definitely better. I've I've heard that it's better than uh, React Native. Now I have no experience with React Native, oh. so I don't want to step on any toes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting hot. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, no. I love React Native, but mm-hmm. that's awesome. I know. Um, yeah, John and I have used a lot of React Native. Him mm. way more than me as well. And we just talked to um, William Candelone. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I said his name right. And Candelon. he, yeah, no, I don't know. He's <laughs> French. He mm-hmm. is a wizard because he can handle the most difficult parts of React Native are like the animations and getting mm-hmm. the visuals to like stay smooth. And I guess just it comes down to like how you're coding them. Because he was talking for a while about making sure you're coding them declaratively and mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. imperatively and he goes into like trigonometry he has a youtube series where he shows people how to do all these different fancy animations and that was awesome because he kind of convinced me what a great thing react native really is because yes it is possible to do all yeah. these things that people mm-hmm. say oh it can't be done he proves you can right it's easy to get down on it but it's my little baby <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I think I think the exciting thing about React Native is that you can sort of use JavaScript all up and down the stack, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, you can do, I mean, yeah, your whole cross-platform app in JavaScript. There are going to be little tweaks that mm-hmm. you'll make, um, like for iOS or for Android, but the majority of your code will work on both of them, mm-hmm. which is great. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's what we like about uh, Xamarin and C Sharp is you can... Do the whole stack in C sharp yeah. if you want. Sounds so exciting. Now that I've like, I don't know, dabbled in React Native, may hopefully mm-hmm. a little further than dabbled. I really want uh-huh. to <laughs> go into Xamarin as well. <laughs> just, no, just, I just want to try it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to see how it works. Yeah, you've already got some C sharp experience. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Now, I maybe I misunderstood what you were saying, but when you were talking about the .NET stuff, you said there are other languages you could use besides C sharp. Yeah, so Visual Basic is, I think, Microsoft's version of Basic. I'm not super familiar with it, and it's it's old. Yeah. It's old as bones. Um, and so I think that sort of got grandfathered in. Uh, F-sharp is a language very similar to C-sharp, but it is a functional, uh, it uses the functional paradigm. Ooh, nice. Um, so like uh, Erlang, I think, is, no, Elm is JavaScript's um, sort of counterpart to that, right? Sure. Let's go with that. How about you give a uh, brief breakdown of what you mean by calling it a functional language? Okay. Because I know in JavaScript. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So I think it's just the. Yeah, you're right. In JavaScript, you can. I think JavaScript is technically a prototypical Mm -hmm. uh, programming language, but now with all the new features, you're using it. You can use it in in a. object-oriented pro- paradigm, where you have classes and objects. Um, and then you can use it, React, you can use it in a functional paradigm, where you are creating pure functions that, do, that don't do any side effects. They just mm-hmm. take in parameters and then uh, spit out values. And so a functional programming language, to my understanding, is one that is built around that functional paradigm, where you don't have side effects in the same way. Um, and it's all parameters in and results out. 
So F-sharp is built around that paradigm. Um, and I believe the people who use it most, or the, the, um, the applications that it's used most for are things where you're streaming data or where you are taking in mm, a lot sense. of, yeah, a lot of data asynchronously and you have to process it and then uh, spit it out to some IO. Um, and I know that it's also popular among sort of pure mathematician programmers mm -hmm. uh, because it's a lot easier to uh, work your maths with it, I guess. Yeah, pre well, yeah, kind of predict what's going to come out. Yeah, that, um, that's, that's, that's about right. That's awesome. I have not used it, so. <laughs> have you? Well, that's a good is, breakdown for someone that hasn't all, used it. Yeah, this is all, this is all. Uh, Dude, that's one of Ben's contest. specialties. Whenever I have a question, you're the friend I call because you can pretty much explain anything, even if you've never used it before. Oh, this no. has been my well, experience with you. If I you're had lucky, to then I explain it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I had a uh, question. There are a couple, I would say, like of our senior programmers here who really mm -hmm. enjoy Clojure. I've never used Clojure. Oh. I don't know a lot about the language. Do you guys use that one? or? No. Okay. That's something on my to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've learned that Tiffany's to do list yeah. is like it's really long. Feet long. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like it all, man. Mm -hmm. There's actually this great YouTube series I found. Um, I think it's a channel called Crash Course, and they mm -hmm. have a playlist of 41 videos on a computer science crash course. Mm. So it like takes you through like the first one started with like before computers were even a thing, and like mm. how they be how they got invented, and then now I'm in the middle of the ones that explain how like CPUs work and the different like gates and latches that happen at the very bottom of like the Boolean logic between the ones and the zeros. And it's really cool hmm. because awesome. I know how it works, but not really. Yeah. So now, now you'll, I have to, you'll have to link that in the show notes so that I can uh, check Absolutely. it out. Absolutely. I definitely will. It's been, it's been fascinating and you can listen to them like a podcast. So I just put, uh, put my headphones on and like start making dinner. You don't have to watch mm -hmm. the actual uh, visuals. It's mm -hmm. a little bit easier when they get into some of like the diagram stuff, but they are very good at, verbally explaining what they mean so that's been cool okay awesome. i had another question for you and your team because one of i think our team's favorites is a is becoming gatsby have you used have you heard of or used gatsby for anything that is the static website generator that's right. Work, right okay mm -hmm. i've that's heard right. of it and never used it <laughs> <laughs> we're using it right now on the duct tape site which mm -hmm. one of our awesome coworkers set up for John and me because we were busy that week and he was not so that was really nice of them um but I'm like I'm trying to learn more about it I don't know <laughs> that it's I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't exactly compare it to WordPress but I know it has like a huge library of plugins so you can really just like take a plugin and, and get your thing up and running super quickly so I'm hoping it grows and becomes even cooler than it is now mm -hmm. but I guess since you haven't used it we'll have to talk yeah. about something else <laughs> <laughs> yeah she so yeah, went to sorry. school for film Tiffany said or are you? I oh, yeah. did a, yeah. That's that's where I started, and then by the time I got out, I had been through video game classes and business classes, mm. and uh, yeah, it was it was not a straightforward path through college. <laughs> um, and then now I'm working as a software developer. So pretty that's awesome. Fun. Yeah. I know you have a few personal projects you work on too. I don't know if you want to like share anything about that, but feel free to plug stuff. Okay, I have nothing to, to plug at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> just, just little, just little experiments and toys. That's awesome. I'm trying to think of anything else to to share with people, like to help them 
I guess we had that. We have fans, Ben. It's really cool because <laughs> nice. like we do conferences. A legion of fans. Yes, and some of them call themselves the Duckheads, which I thought was awesome. Nice. Uh, but so I'm trying to think of for their benefit, like for someone studying or like even just getting into. I mm-hmm. suppose we we mostly do like I don't want to say. Our company doesn't, but I mostly do like web application stuff. Like what would you suggest someone start learning or getting into? Or maybe what's on your to-do list mm. to learn? So I'm trying to think of like what to suggest to people who are like actively job searching or even just trying to start programming for the first time. Yeah. Um, well, I think that the the sort of trend in the industry is if you're trying to get into programming, JavaScript is the way to go just because mm-hmm. there's so many resources. Um on how to start. I mean, you, if you go on the internet and you throw a stick up in the air, you're going to hit a JavaScript tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sort of to answer your other question, the next big thing on my list is um, sort of more systems programming, so like C++ or something like Rust, because those are, you know, I, I know how to program. I know how to logic move, you know, think logically and move these this information around logically, but to sort of get closer to the metal, I think, is, is the next uh, step for me. And there are very few resources for C++, oddly mm. enough. Um, you know, you go on the C++ subreddit and you ask for, uh, you know, are there any tutorials? And the answer is usually, nope, but here are some big <laughs> books you can buy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I actually had a great C++ book uh, when I was still in high school, and, like, the first time I ever... I even heard of C++. I'm trying to think. I'm sure I can find it on Amazon, and maybe we can put that in the show notes, too. Because it is a one of those big books, but it's not huge. And it's very, mm. like, user-friendly. I think they approached it from a game design, or from a gaming point of view. So he, like, walks you through gotcha. how to learn the basics of the language. I don't mm. know if you would need the basics of the language, but you might enjoy it anyway. Um, and shows you how to make I'll all these, like, get, applications. Yeah. So That's awesome. Rust is a new one. I don't... Have you heard of Rust? I've heard of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mentioned at some talks, but that would be the extent of my knowledge. Why are you considering that one? Um, it's well, for one thing, it uh, I believe Mozilla has some nice tools for using Rust to assemble or to build WebAssembly uh, applications. Ooh. Okay. And WebAssembly is sort of the next big uh, web development thing that I'm I'm interested in. Um, are you guys you guys familiar with WebAssembly? I am familiar with it very lightly. I it's not like active yet, or they haven't finalized it, or like what? No, it's available in all your all the oh, yeah all your geez. browsers these days. Yeah, um, there. So it's using a, a language like Rust or C plus plus, I think, um, to create instead of creating uh, script files, uh, JavaScript files, you create a binary that just has basically um, assembly instructions on it. And so you can, if you need a web application with a lot of um, performance, that is that is a good option. Okay, that makes um, me so excited. Yeah, so I think, I'm not sure what Unity is doing these days with their web uh, players for their games, but I'm pretty sure they're using uh, WebAssembly to, mm. to run most of, their, most of their stuff. The other thing, and this is a this is a, a fun time to be a, a .NET developer, um, but I was telling you how they've built .NET runtimes for Linux and Mac and phones. They have built yeah. a they've built a runtime for WebAssembly now as well. So 
there's a library that is going through um, Microsoft right now that's in alpha, I want to say, called Blazor. And the idea is that you can write your entire web application client side and or back end and front end in C sharp. And it'll just run wow. straight in WebAssembly. Yeah. So no JavaScript <laughs> at all. Dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hear I mean, I can understand people who have their preferences between languages. I love mm -hmm. using JavaScript because you can literally do everything with it these days. Like, if you know the mm -hmm. one language, you can make mobile applications mm -hmm. with React Native for any platform. Mm -hmm. You can make web applications. You can use Node for, like, backend stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's awesome to me about JavaScript. But I do miss my C Sharp, and hearing you say that is really cool. And that's, that's awesome. Um, I mean, I have no doubt that they'll find a way to take JavaScript files and turn them into WebAssembly binaries at the point uh, they probably yeah. already have. So you'll see, the idea is not that you get to use a better language, it's that you get to use whatever language you want to use, uh, or what is mandated by, by the project. <laughs> That's cool. All right, so any like last advice for people looking to learn a new technology? Hmm. I've always learned new technologies best um, by coming up with a project first and then finding out how to do it second. Mm -hmm. um, so that's awesome. If, yeah, that's. It reminds me yet again of Wes Boss's course, which yeah. I have not yet taken, but I know you oh, have. Oh no, Wes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's on that twenty-foot list of. To which do's. one? The, the 30, 30, thirty days one. Thir yeah, the thirty days. Yeah, that one's awesome. All right, Mr. Ben, thank you so much mm -hmm. for being here. I wish I had like no even problem. more questions, but you're, well, wait, you're just an encyclopedia. What about the music question? Oh yeah, we have to end with our music question. Yeah. John, okay. take it away. So we always ask everyone, uh, who's your favorite band and what music do you listen to while you code? If you listen uh, to music. Most people we've found out don't listen to music while they code. Some well, people I, listen to podcasts, yeah. which I have no idea how they do that. But Oh, that's crazy. Uh, I definitely listen to music while I program. Um, and what... My general pattern is on Monday, I go in and I open up Spotify and I go to my Discover Weekly playlist. Yeah, that I, I love that for thing. You, and I just send that all to the queue. And I go through that. And if I hear a song that I like, then I go find the artist and either queue up the, the rest of the album or their top 10 mm -hmm. uh, and just sort of keep adding to that throughout the week. Um, and then if I run out of stuff to listen to with that, then I've got my starred playlist, which I've been building since 2011 and mm -hmm. like, I've got like 36 <laughs> hours of stuff on there. Isn't um, Spotify's algorithm for that Discover Weekly like just spot on? It, yeah. It's rare that there's a it's, song on there that I actually don't like. I found yeah. so yeah. many awesome bands through that thing. And it's weird because I don't really like their radio algorithm. Like if you just go 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. The radio algorithm is almost repetitive where it's like a bunch of songs that I've heard before. I, I don't know. But yeah, that Discover Weekly is just amazing. I love it. Yeah. So uh, it's generally been giving me sort of sound a lot of soundtrack stuff, um, hmm. a lot of Ooh. jazz, mostly instrumental stuff because I can't work with talking, um, <laughs> and uh, a little bit of lo-fi hip hop actually recently, yeah. which sort of snuck its way in there. Yeah. Um, I don't have a favorite band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am surprised at I how have. often I hear that. I just, yeah, uh, 
I like listening to a lot of different music, and so a lot of there there are a lot of different artists, and no mm-hmm. one artist has really sort of left its way to the top. Um, if I had to like choose one just with my gut right now, uh, there's a soundtrack composer who goes by the name of or whose whose name is uh, Takagi Masakatsu, um, and he does this beautiful, beautiful um, instrumental soundtrack work. Hmm. Uh, wow. So I would, yeah. Um, Do you know the did. name of that? We can share that with people. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll send you his name. It's oh perfect. Again, it's Takagi Masakatsu. He did the soundtrack for one of the nominated uh, animated films uh, at the Oscars last year. Hmm. Oh my gosh! Uh, Mirai, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's probably a good entry point to, for his work, the the Mirai soundtrack. Nice. Awesome. We'll, we'll definitely cool. link that. All right. Cool. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I know we appreciate it, was it Ben. Super short notice, yeah. and I'm yeah. glad I got yeah, you to saved us this week. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad that I could add, add a little bit of entertainment Uh-oh, value to your podcast. Oh no. Okay, it cut out your last sentence. Join. Oh. Ah, oh thank no. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, people were, I don't know, got some use out of this one too. Yeah. Because these are the ones, the technologies that are always on my mind. Your radar. Yeah. On your list. And yeah, and I didn't. I knew nothing about mm-hmm. that .NET stuff. So awesome. All right, talk to you soon. Thanks for being right. here. So Thanks, long. Ben. Nice being here. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh man, that great was interview. Awesome. I'm really glad that we talked to this guy. Yeah. Ben always is. He's always been so good for me to just like call up and ask questions because there was like multiple times he even said in the interview, "I've never used this, but yeah. here's what I know about yeah, it." Yeah, it's hard. You throw him a curveball, and he seems to always have an answer for it. I know. So. That was interesting. But yeah, the .NET stuff I really um, I really enjoyed. Yeah, that was really educational for me. So. Sounds like he wants to get into a lot of things that I can't even comprehend how they work. Take it, yeah, well, take it like to a whole lower level. Yeah. Like he was talking about getting closer to the metal and good for Ben. Good that we had to explain context to him. So, ha. <laughs> we One up on you, Ben. Uh, oh, so go to Duct Tapes FM. Sign up for our newsletter. Do it. Super fun. Follow us. Wait, follow Duct Tapes. Follow Duct Tapes and follow Ben if you want to hear more. Follow Ben too. I know he's always How do you spell open. B E N and then Worth. So it's W U R T H. So you can find him at Ben Worth on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He is always interested in just helping out or answering questions. So feel free to reach out to him if you yeah. want. I know he'll be available. Flood him with questions. Do it. Then, Take up all his time. Yeah. And then also follow us on Twitter and Instagram if you're not following us at Duct Tapes yeah. FM. Follow me on Twitter, John Hoppenthal. Figure out how to spell it. <laughs> That's your mission. That's actually a good mission because maybe people can't find you. I, I bet maybe they Maybe they've can't. been trying. I'm, yeah, that's why I don't have any followers. <laughs> no, I can figure out how to spell my name. But you know, my name is not even my name. My name is my gamer name. Mm-hmm. So follow me on Twitter or on Twitch. Well, no, Twitter or Instagram at Talama Vale. Mm-hmm. And then on Twitch, uh, it's Team Talama. If you want to join me live to code some projects. And all the links to our social medias are in our newsletter. So that's another reason to sign up. Absolutely. You know, just to find us. Yeah. Because you, you can't get enough of us. Yes. <laughs> yeah hear all this hilarious stuff well don't hear it but see it on twitter and instagram and all that we're social media kings and queens all right everybody well we'll see you in a week see you in a week have bye. a good one <laughs> bye powered by vincent quack quack